Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Craft Brew Sports Cincinnati Style is brought to you by Minuteman Tickets. Football's back, everybody, and there's only one spot you should be heading to get your college football or NFL tickets, and that's Minuteman Tickets. We love Minuteman. They're Ohio guys, they're sports fans, and they're not going to screw you over like other ticketing places. It's not just football. They got it all. Baseball, hockey, theater, rib cook-offs. It doesn't matter. Hit them up, MinutemanTickets.com, or give them a call, 614-943-3000, and avoid all of the fees. Tell them you heard about them right here on Craft Brew Sports Cincinnati Style. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Craft Brood Sports Cincinnati Style. That's where we break down all things Cincinnati sports and the heartbreak that goes along with it. Heartbreak <laughs> city. <laughs> I am Mike with me, as always, is Scott. Uh, Joe behind the computers. Joe, how you doing back there, bud? What it do, baby? <laughs> <laughs> Never gets old. Never gets old. Uh, Scott, how you feeling this week, man? Uh, man better than the Bengals, but... That's not saying much. Ooh, it feels good <laughs> to be back after a week off. Like I, I really sure. missed the show last week, uh, especially when we had like a chance to talk about. Ah, maybe they're gonna do. Nope, they didn't. They didn't do it again. <laughs> another another one where they didn't. Another come tease. Uh, we'll get into that Bengals talk. We're gonna talk some UC football because that is the bright spot of Cincinnati sports right now is UC football after their big win against UCF, taking down Scout Team Radio's team. Uh, so huge story coming out of. Uh, you see there, uh, very nice. That's awesome. Uh, we'll talk about that. We're also going to talk about how long is Luke Fickle really going to last at UC? It's a good question. Uh, Would seem short term with the success. We'll we'll get into that. Uh, also, I want to get into some FC Cincinnati uh, contract moves, getting into the offseason and looking ahead into 2020. And then maybe if there's time... We'll finally talk about some Xavier talk on this show. It's been a while. We we haven't brought up Xavier yet. As two Xavier guys, I'm really excited. That Let's get to your Madison. I know. Homers. <laughs> oh, we're going to go all Homer <laughs> when it comes to Xavier talk on this show. Uh, so let's, let's uh, get right into it uh, because we don't have a lot of time on this show. But I want to get into the Bengals because uh, we have two games to recap. We have the loss against Arizona and then the loss against Baltimore. <laughs> And then the loss against somebody. (laughs) (laughs) 
So let's talk some Bengals here uh, as we we move forward in this awful season. I, I do have to say, uh, I met Zach Taylor, and I'll I'll tell you about that here in one second. Go ahead, Joe. Sorry, you've man. teased that twice now. I really want to know. Everybody. Everybody's going to beat him. 0-16. It's coming down. Uh, yeah, so we talked about it on our, on our regular show. My son uh, is, is in a three- and four-year-old soccer league, and the Friday before the Arizona game, uh, I'm standing there. We're the only ones there from the team, and I see this guy walking up with his daughter, and I'm like, that looks like Zach Taylor. And he walks up, and he's like, hey, how's it going? I'm Zach. I was like, hey, coach. How's it going? And he like gets the smile on his face, like, "Oh, okay, you you know who I am, cool." He's <laughs> like, "Oh, I know who I'm dealing with. Good, right, right." Uh, so yeah, his daughter plays on my son's soccer team. Uh, he he was there just being a dad. And it, I I remember in the first show you had talked about when you guys got to interview him interview him on Flying Pigskin mm-hmm. uh, that he seemed really down to earth, seemed like a cool he is dude, laid back, chill. I and here's the problem: I can't connect with the man. Like, normally, if I meet another dad at these soccer games, I'm always like, hey, man, how's it going? They're like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, yeah, Bengals suck, right? Like, I have no way to connect to Zach Taylor. Like, I can't. So, um, like, he doesn't want to talk about stuff, huh? He doesn't want to How talk about, about this football, weather right? we're having? Right? It's, so, it's so awkward because I can't, he doesn't want to talk about And it was clear he did not want to talk about football. Like, he introduced himself as Zach to everybody. And it was it was really funny. At one point, he's talking to this other mom uh, on the team. And we're like, BS. And I was like, so how's, how is it in Cincinnati? You liking it here? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, we're Justin. It's it's a big change, but we're liking it. His mom was like, oh, where where'd you come from? He's like, uh, L.A. And, and we were in Miami a little bit before that. She's like, oh, wow, that's different. This lady was oblivious. She had no clue who she was talking to. She's like, traffic's probably better, right? Oh, that's crazy. Oh, the Midwest, right? (laughs) Totally oblivious to who this man was. And then she finally, like, there's a lull in the conversation. She's like, so what do you do for a living? (laughs) Uh, Vacuum salesman. (laughs) Well, he just went, oh, I'm a football coach. Like, which is, when you're the head coach of an NFL team, that is like the most modest, down-to-earth, don't-talk-to-me-about-football answer I've ever heard in my life of, I'm a football coach. And she was like, oh, that's cool. And then you see the light bulb go off, and she's like, Z- oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, lady. Good God, I'm man. over there just dying laughing. I think he caught me laughing because, I mean, it was so awkward and so oh. – uh, But, yeah, I can't connect to this How man. How tense do you have to be, though, to not just – She had uh. no idea what was going on. It was the best. It was so entertaining. That's funny, though, that there's that type of innocence, though, <laughs> yeah, amongst yeah, people yeah. that are just like, oh, this I mean, is just a dad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> At the end, did you just give him like a, hey, go get him next week? Did you give him any like little pep talk, shake was, hand, uh, let's go, rah-rah? Yeah, so I was like uh, – as they were leaving because his daughter was crying, so they left early because that's what happens in three- and four-year-old soccer is kids just melt down and parents are like, well, that's enough. See you guys next week. And we just leave. Uh, <laughs> so he, like, grabs his daughter and he's like, oh, we'll, we'll see you guys. And I was like, all right, coach, uh, bring home a W. And he, like, kind of gave me, a like, a wave, like, shut the hell up. I don't <laughs> – don't, okay, whatever. Uh, and then just sort of walked off. Should have been like it. It won't all be as bad as that 49ers game. We'll see you later. <laughs> Should have been like, hey, coach, it's Kyler Murray. We got to win this one, right? <laughs> mm, nope. 
We don't. Whoops. <laughs> Here's the thing about that game, since we didn't get to talk about it this week. That was the first time that the offense did their job at the end of the game. They came down the field. They scored. They took the lead. Andy Dalton runs it in, has the most vicious spike I've ever seen from a Bengals player in my life. He was so pumped up. And then the defense lets him down. Well, and more importantly, it was the first game that we, you know, we felt confident that they had a legit chance of winning. And then they yeah. lose by a single point. Ugh. And so it, it proved that we were on the correct trajectory. It was three points. It was three points. Was that? Oh, okay. Because they came down to kick the field. Yeah, okay. But either way, it just, you know, it's one of those things where, like, that's maddeningly frustrating after getting blown out in the other games. And it just, you can can wrap your head around more games that you're like, oh, well, they never really had a chance. Here's a billion things that went wrong. But it's like, oh, everything went right up until that final drive when the other team had to drive all the way to down the field and they only had to get one stop and could and they did not yeah and they it. and the and they did that and Kyler Murray looks like a people are like Kyler Murray figuring it out no the Bengals just totally crapped the bed that's <laughs> Kyler Murray did nothing in that one the Bengals just were awful yeah. um, in one series the defense all year long I've been like actually the defense isn't bad the defense is doing all right and then they go and do that uh, and then the the Ravens but, game I mean comes it, up. I, I still feel like overall though the defense has done the job, but it's they the have, problem of they're on the field the whole. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say when they play, is ridiculous. When, when they play three quarters out of four right. every single game, there's only so much they can do. So if they finally let up at the end, you're like, well, it was bound to happen just right. based off fatigue. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's enough about the Arizona game because it's old news. It's so disappointing. Let's it's talk about that ra- record-setting Ravens game. I knew going in uh, that Lamar Jackson was going to look like a beast in that game, oh, and he, he was sure amazing. did. Uh, threw for 236 yards, rushed for 150. First quarterback in NFL history to pass for over 250 yards and rush for 150 yards. Congrats. Setting history. One of these days, my teams are not going to be on the wrong end of those stats. One of these days. I don't know when it's going to happen, but it, it always feels like my teams are the ones that are like, Hey, by the way, here's a highlight reel of somebody doing amazing things. Oh, yeah, that's your team playing defense looking like crap. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Lamar Jackson just dominates in that game. Uh, and as crazy as it was, as balling out as Lamar was, the the game was fairly close. 23-17, like the, the Bengals were there. I mean, there. you and open up with a 92-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. I You're like, good. this is ours. Like. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I mean, it, but the only thing was, though, even as close as the score was, and you know, it, as quick of a start as the Bengals got out to, it just felt like the Ravens were toying with them. Ultimately, like they could have scored more if they wanted to, if they needed to, and when they did, when the Bengals did get ahead, oh, okay, cool, boom, 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 score. <laughs> So it was never really in doubt, even though the Ravens didn't put up a ton of points. And I think the announcers even questioned at one point, like, shouldn't this be more out of hand? It did feel like it was a blowout. Because it felt like it was. And again, if the Ravens had to, if you told the Ravens, you're going to need to score 60 to win this game, they'd have been like, okay, cool, no problem. And they would have done it. But they needed to score 23, and that's what they did. Well, so. and, and the Bengals continuing to follow the, the offense, just unable to do anything. Time of possession in this one. The, the Ravens had the ball for almost 40 minutes out of that game. Oh, that's such... Well, and they... What happens is you're running the ball, right? And you're just like... 
getting these short gains, short gains, but they're enough to keep moving mm-hmm. the chains. And so the clock's just continuously running. You're getting four ga- four yard gain, four yard gain, four yard gain, first down, four yard gain, first down, four yard right, gain. Right. And it's just so the clock just never stops. Like the game felt like it was moving really quickly. Really but quick. when you're doing all those running plays, that's what happens. Like the clock never stops. And God, Lamar Jackson is something, man. He, he's good. He he's glides. real good. And and when he throws, such looks a good effortless. looking running back. He's a really <laughs> stop. <laughs> Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. No, it's a joke. It's just. A I joke. know. I think he's, uh, but I mean, there are people who actually believe he that. He threw so. for two hundred and fifty-two. Like right. let's. The, he's clearly a good quarterback as well. Uh, he's he's going to give this division fits. It's going to be fun to see that Cleveland Baltimore matchup in this division. Okay. That's that's what's okay. going to be and fun. Okay, so speaking to see. of Cleveland, so Cleveland loses again. And Joe, how you feeling? <laughs> Seattle <laughs> Seattle won or, or not Seattle, I'm sorry, the Steelers. Steelers won, but both teams are only 2 and 4. As bad as the Bengals have been with no wins. They're only two games back of being in second place. Like, how insane is that? As bad as it feels and as, like, hopeless as it feels overall, they're still only two games away from being in first. And they haven't played They haven't played the Browns yet. Yeah, but um, in those six games they've played, they've only scored 97 and gave an... Gave up 159. Now that's a problem. That's, that's a, big, a huge that's problem. A big issue. But <laughs> that's a big still issue. in the win column, there are only I two mean, games. Okay, out of but the place. points against. If you look at it, Cleveland has given up 154 points. So the Bengals are right in line defensively with what Cleveland's doing. Yeah, and honestly, the Ravens. Well, the Ravens. I was just say the Ravens defensively are much aren't that better. Great. Yeah. So it's just this dog crap offense that we keep trotting out there. At what point do you finally say, as Zach Taylor, and maybe I'll ask him at, at the next soccer game that he's at. We, th- you gotta get the inside scoop. It might be this week because they're back at home. Like, it, oh, oh that yeah. was the other question the lady asked. So it's like a church league. It's uh, it's for some church about lookout. Wait, <laughs> you're in a church league? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, CYO type thing where they're okay. like, anybody can play, whatever. Okay, it's fine. Okay, okay. So the lady was like, uh, do you do you guys go to uh, the church here? And he was like, I'm kind of busy on the weekend, so my <laughs> wife's gone. <laughs> that was before like, he announced that he was any, the coach. Any way around saying, look, lady, I'm the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. I coach the Bengals. Bengals. Can you back up and let like, me watch my daughter play soccer? Sundays I'm really busy. I travel a lot. I came here from L.A. <laughs> Anything else you want me to say besides I'm the head coach of the Bengals? You got any other brain busters for me? Good God. So so how long do you think it is until they get that first one? They got Gardner Minshew and the Jaguars coming in, then Rams, Ravens, Raiders, Steelers, Jets. Jaguars, Jets. Jaguars don't have Jalen Ramsey anymore. I feel good about this uh, weekend. I actually thought that. Bit I'm feeling the, good. I thought about I thought. Good about that before this, though, because Ramsey was doing the whole, oh, my back, my mm-hmm. back, my mm-hmm. back, it hurts. So it's not like Ramsey was going to be a, a factor anyway. But this is another winnable game for him. Like, But we said that, like, five times so far I, this No, year. I know, but I'm saying, like, when you look at it on the whole, like, I mean, Minshew is still a rookie quarterback. Right. Like, they... You know their best wide receiver right now is a rookie, and this the defense is not what it was two years ago when they you know went to the AFC Championship game. This is a winnable game for them. I I don't know that they're going to win, but I, I expect it to be competitive again. Like there's no way I'm that be there. the I'm Jaguars be there with Papa B. It's gonna are be a good time. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, there's no way that the Jaguars come in and just blow the doors off the handles. Like no, that's, I think. 
I feel like the the Bengals are going to, with the exception of some of these games, you know, when you figure Patriots. Uh, yeah, there's Steelers, some that on paper. There's that you some. Look at it's like stunt, you're going to get blown uh, out. But I right. feel like a lot of these games, the Bengals will be in it at least at the end, where they have that chance. They they're just can, good enough. Can to we give talk us about hope. that? Why why is it that the, this team doesn't really seem to show up? Like all of a sudden they wake up in the fourth quarter. I don't and know. Things start clicking. I don't. And they I start have no idea better. why that is. The offense. Yeah, the offense is dormant for three quarters, yeah. and then all of a sudden it's like boom, we're going to start moving the ball, and they do, and it, they yeah. look good. If that offense plays for three quarters, even if two they, quarters, yeah, you, I was gonna you say give me a half quarters. of that, yeah. and you're you're gonna you at least win three of these games right. that you've lost. Like the, I mean, that's what it they comes down in, to, right? You know. They're there. Think about the two games that they lost. Uh, what, what were the two that they lost with the? Uh, there was the interception at the end. The Bills game, right, mm-hmm. was the interception at the end. Yeah. That they were driving down. That could have been one. And then the Seahawks at the beginning of the year. That was another one that the offense just falls apart on that last drive. Those are two games that should be W's. Like you can't, you can't fall apart when the game's on the line like that. You can't do it. Yeah. And they, they just continually do it until they finally get one. And then the defense <laughs> is like, our turn to collapse. Great. Thanks, guys. <laughs> the offense just hands off that baton and the defense is like, cool, we'll look like crap now. Uh, I think the Jags, it, it is a game that they could win. Um, it's also a game where this Gardner Minshew mania can just spike up again because he hasn't looked good recently. Like he's been yeah, looking he's pretty been, average. He's been pedestrian right. for what he was doing. This will be the one where he throws for 500 yards and people are like, well, let's do well, the I Chuck think, Norris jokes again with <laughs> Gardner I, Minshew. I think more more worrisome because it seems like that was their problem, especially against the Ravens and against the Niners, is Leonard Fournette is capable of being a 200 yard rusher uh, well, on a day. Yeah, and so yeah. since they have problems against the rushing game, like, yeah, Gardner Minshew can do whatever he wants, but if Leonard Fournette decides, oh, hey, he's going to go I off. mean, that's that's the game plan against the Bengals. Just run the ball. Right. Because you're going to rack up a ton of yards. Sure. And so that, I mean, that to me is the biggest concern. Like, Minshew can look pedestrian, but if Leonard Fournette has a day, then they'll win just because they kept the ball forever. There you go. Team stats: the the Bengals are allowing 180, 185 rushing yards per game Jeez, in a in a pass first league. Yeah, in an era where <laughs> yeah, it's that air nobody raid. runs the ball. Air raid, right? air raid, air raid. Uh, and if you think that means they're not giving up a whole lot of passing yards, you'd be wrong because it's still two hundred and fifty passing yards a game. <laughs> so they are just so they they are actually a Lamar Jackson. Offensive day, yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much <laughs> every yeah, game, yeah. every single game, yep, <laughs> every single game, <laughs> every day, every week. They're like Lamar Jackson, come on down, <laughs> single handedly do what you do to us, offense. Wow, that's that's nuts. It's not good, and that's the crazy thing. You look at these stats because there was somebody in the Craft Root Sports group that was debating whether to start Lamar Jackson or Gardner Minshew, and I was like, start Gardner because the Bengals defense has actually been pretty decent, and he was like. Bengals defense is ranked 31st in the league. I was like, are they really good? Lord, I thought they were decent. <laughs> Holy crap. And they are. They're like bottom of the barrel defense, but they are the bright spot on the team. Yeah. Which is really sad. But at yeah, I mean, point, that's just, I, that, that just highlights how bad the offense is. At bad. what point do you just start the fire sale? Like, I mean, I know Mike Brown would never do it because he's a terrible owner, and apparently uh, the, the cameras don't even know who Mike Brown is when they just show an old guy <laughs> in the box, and they're like, hey, here's an old guy. Is that Mike Brown? Nope. 
Oh, well, whatever. Close enough. Good enough. He's, he's old and he's white. <laughs> he fits the description. <laughs> but, like, eventually you have to just start planning for the future. Yeah, but the only problem with that is when you've got a rookie head coach and, you know, the guy that the woman doesn't recognize. Um, it, it, it's hard. It's a hard sell because he's trying to get things going. He's trying to establish something to just sell off everything and be like, all right, well, we're completely all in on tanking. It's just, it's hard. Well, You're also trying to build back faith with the fan base to a certain degree. But I think the fans would be okay. If you sell off pieces and you start stockpiling draft picks, I think the fans would be like, they, okay, there's a plan in place they, here. Well, okay, they might be, except for then you also have to have the extra leap of faith of the Bengals are going to get those draft picks and then make the correct pick, well, which and, I think the fans and, don't have faith in that. You sell them off and you lower beer prices by a dollar fifty. Sold. I'm in. I'm going to every uh, game. There Give is. me my season that's, tickets. I was going to say, that's really the key. <laughs> you, you, you lower. They don't care what's on the you field say, if the hey, beer's cheap. You know what? Goodbye. <laughs> but beers are $1.50 cheaper. That's that's a sell, right? Everybody's speaking, in. Speaking Everybody's of, in. Speaking of sells, how many local places have uh have made out on not having to give away Dude, I was so I was kind of shocked about this uh because this was brought up by a friend of the show Tabari who pointed out that there's some crazy deals that go on when it comes to these and and this is in local markets everywhere right and, and, to... and companies always like get behind the team right uh so i i went through and i was trying to look at which companies are making a, a good deal of money off the Bengals being terrible <laughs> uh and there's actually not that many offers that i found that are advertised on the Bengals site now there could be other ones right. that aren't technically they could affiliated be in, with say, the they Bengals. could be in-house that they just don't Right. It's yeah. like when the football team in Cincinnati wins, <laughs> eh, we won't say which one. <laughs> yeah. uh, so these are the ones that are like officially signed with the Bengals. IHOP is one where you give they give a free short stack when the Bengals get 10 first downs in a game. Surprisingly, the team is actually accomplishing that, even well, in some of those worst games. Because when I when I saw that one on the list of things, I thought, that's not even that hard. Ten for first a, downs is not much. For, I was going to say, yeah. for a bad team, right. ten first downs As garbage as the offense is, they are actually hitting that mark. Even in, like, I was looking at games like the Niners game where I was like, we got killed. Ten, I think they had 12 first downs. First downs could, I was going to say, you game. accidentally get ten first downs, kind right. of, sort of. It's a, it's a lot of time in a game to to get it. They're averaging 16 first downs. Or, oh, that was the, uh, sorry, that was the Pittsburgh game. They had 16 in that one. Um, so, yeah, they're they're getting this one. So, IHOP. So, get not, yourself a free short yeah, stack. Go get that folks. short stack, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Drown your sorrows of the Bengals' loss on a short stack. <laughs> Mike's Car Wash offers $5 off an ultimate wash the day after the Bengals record two or more sacks in a game. This is another one that is actually because the defense is doing somewhat decent. And again, two sacks, you can trip and fall and sack the quarterback. And two sacks is not a whole lot to get in a game. Uh, And the defense is because the, the front four is fairly decent. That one's actually happening quite a bit as well. Papa John's making out, though. Papa John's doing big, what they do. Big shocker. <laughs> big shocker, though, that Papa John's is coming out on the right side of not losing money. Papa John's has some shady stuff. 50% off the day after a Bengals win. They have yet to honor this deal this season. Somebody call up Shaq. I blame Shaq for this one. <laughs> that was a smart – they could have done 75%. They could have been like, you know what, free pizzas after the Bengals win. <laughs> they st- they're still going to come out on top this year. <laughs> they're like, you know what, we are taking it on the chin with all these 10 strikeout games for the Reds. 
Tell them it's after Bengals win. We won't have to buy any. We won't give away any pizza. That's a La Rosa's with the 10 straight odds. But whatever. Same you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pizza's pizza, apparently, right. in your book. Hey, well, what, between Papa how you, John's how and How do you La- mix up Papa John's and La Rosa's? Because they both are crap. No, you haven't had uh, La Rosa's pan style. I have. Now, I, what pan you're style is say. the way to do well, it, Well, not only that, La Rosa's pan style in a La Rosa's. Like, if you don't have it delivered, oh, like, yeah, if you get yeah. it delivered yeah, to the like table. Right there. Ooh. Oh, that's the way it to go. is fantastic. In I'm, fact, I'm with you because it's, I don't. It's a like, completely different type of pizza. It really is. Like, it's not the same at all. They're, uh, it, I feel like their traditional sauce, La Rosa's crust, uh, like with the pizza on that flat. Yeah, yeah. like the sauce tastes completely it's different. So I don't sweet. like it. Yeah, it's so sweet. But that pan style, ooh. changer. Mm-hmm. When we found out about that, I was like, no, we can do La Rosa's again. Yeah. <laughs> The, the weirdest thing is it took me years of being here and having the bad La Rosa's pizza and saying, I don't like La Rosa's, to then just one day be in a La Rosa's and somebody ordered it and I'm just like, yeah, okay, whatever, you know, I'm getting La Rosa's. And the pizza shows up and I'm like, well, first of all, let's cut like normal pizza, so that's different. Okay, but whatever, it's still going to be the same crap. Then I taste it and I'm like, well, what is this? What, why has this been hiding? What? Why is this – Better than anything I've ever tasted at the Rosas. <laughs> and yeah, that that's the way to go if you're going to get La Rosas. Definitely got to go. Don't get style. traditional. No, no, I agree. Uh, so let's talk about this dude from uh, from Indiana. There's a guy who is camping out on the roof of his bar and refuses to leave until the Bengals win a game. The roof of his bar? Yeah, he owns a bar. He set up <laughs> camp on the roof, and he is staying there until the Bengals win. That's diehard. He's, he's in Indiana, too? Yeah. Yeah, so they asked him about... Um, he could be an indie fan. Also, the name of his bar is the Hog Rock Cafe. <laughs> the what? The Hog Rock? That, that doesn't sound appealing. That doesn't sound like a place I'd want to be at. It's a what? terrible child. Yeah. No, I'm just laughing because it's such a terrible like if you're gonna if you're gonna do a play on a bar, why are you gonna go off yeah. the hard rock cafe? Why aren't you gonna do a play off of like a a good bar? Whatever. Yeah. Anyways, uh Hog Rock Cafe. Uh so he's been camping out. Campbell's actually sent him soup. They were like, Yeah, you're probably gonna be up there for a while. Here's some <laughs> soup for you, bro. Good pub for them. Uh it's did, did Donovan McNabb's mom deliver it? That's what I want to know. This is Don McNabb's mob. Like, here's your chunkies. <laughs> the best ones, they don't even say how much it was. It just says, Camel Soup delivered a large amount of soup. <laughs> Two cans. <laughs> Which is basically, no, it's basically Camel's being like, nah, bro, you're going to need this. <laughs> you're you're going to be up here for a while. Here's a pallet. How can we, you want us to hoist this up? Okay, cool. Because uh, this probably also has no way to heat it up there on the roof. He's just eating soup out of I don't a even can. know if he has a can opener. Like, this well, dude, you don't even get the pop down. Oh, that's true. You just drink it. But I mean, you're drinking cold soup out of a can? No thanks. I mean, is that worse than watching the Bengals every week? Because I've kind of put it on the pole. (laughs) Drinking cold soup out of a can or (laughs) watching the Bengals every week? Which is worse? What would you rather do? Drink cold soup out of a can? That's toughy. Here's the thing, too. You know, Campbell's probably gave like the the guard. Like, it's not. They're good soup. It's probably like the chunky chicken and stars soup. Like not even the chicken <laughs> chunky noodle. Chicken and stars. <laughs> Is that even a thing? Yeah. You've never had the chunky chicken and stars? No, I usually get the just the straight chunky chicken noodle. <laughs> just the traditional with all the home style vegetables. Uh well there you go. Delicious. If you guys if you guys want to see a guy standing on the Drive roof Indiana, of his bar, go to Indiana <laughs> to the Hog Rock Cafe. I can't even say the name. It's so stupid. That is awful. Uh, All right. Quick predictions on the Jaguars uh, game. 
Yes or no? W or no? Yes. No! You jinxed us before. So man, they've they got to do it. They're not going zero and sixteen. So I'm just uh, any any game that's close to winnable. I'm saying yes. I don't think it happens because I'm going to be there. So I feel like the football, well, then never mind. The it's, football gods are going to be like, you are going to experience heartbreak again. It. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and my dad's just going to be sitting there because he's a Browns fan. So he's just, just going to be like, mad-ish. God, these guys are terrible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, we'll we'll see how that happens or what happens in that game next week. Uh, I don't feel good about it. Let's talk some FCC. Because at least there's some hope uh, on the FCC side. Because this week they started to announce their contracts uh, going forward into 2020. So players were put into different groups. And you can either be like, your contract is guaranteed already for 2020. You're out of contract. Uh, the team either option uh, and, and executed that option or declined the option. The big story here, uh, so Nick Haglin, who's a, a Xavier guy, mm-hmm. His contract was picked up. They picked up the option for him, so he's going to be back on the team again next year. So that's pretty cool. Nick Hagelin, also Xavier Hall of Fame Keep inductee local. this year. Yes, uh, and that's I feel You're like lose a crap ton of games. Might as well at least have a local guys <laughs> doing it. As I mean, I don't know. well, I feel like that's important because there's two names that showed up in the uh, declining contract options, and that was Emmanuel Ledesma and Jimmy McLaughlin. Uh, those are two guys who have been – Jimmy McLaughlin has been with the uh, FC Cincinnati since they started, it feels like. He was like the mascot almost, <laughs> like so recognizable. Everybody loved Jimmy. Uh, his contract is being declined, although they're trying to talk options as to like what they want him to do. He's probably going to come back in like some type of coaching role. But Emmanuel Ledesma is the one that kind of surprised me because this was a dude who also came from the USL. He was – I, I mean, one of the top scorers their last year in the USL and performed pretty well this year. He started, he came off the bench a lot and then ended up working his way into a starting role. And this is a dude that could be a decent MLS player if he's given the time. And it looks like FC Cincinnati is bailing on him, which is kind of surprising to me that you have a guy that like carried you to a US, USL regular season championship, mm-hmm. did well for you in your first year in the MLS during three coaching changes, yeah. and now you're going to bail on this dude. Uh, it's it's kind of surprising to me that you would make that type of move. Yeah, I mean, I it just I guess the the overall question is, after how much of a disaster of a season is, like, what, what exactly do you do next? Like, that's the whole thing that I'm looking at. It's like, all right, so you have your expansion year, and everybody, well, not everybody, because there's way too many people who thought, hey, it's going to be just like it's always been, and you just waltz into right, success. Right. Too many people were spoiled <laughs> by the by an MLS roster playing right. in the USL. Yeah. Um, but, you know, now it's, well, what happens next from here, and how do they just improve the overall team? So it's like, you know, the, these moves in the micro, you know, whether or not they matter, you know, I guess short term and getting butts in the seats, that's fine. But it's just like, what is the overall plan? Because you went through three head coaches this year and it, everything just was a nightmare from the word go. Like it's just been and you're trying to get this new stadium and like what what is the goal well, and, as far as and like, I think like we don't know that forward? yet. I think all we know is that there are names that are staying on the team that have been there and, and established themselves as like. These are the guys in Cincinnati for right. the foreseeable future. But I, Frankie Amaya is one that it, they're not going to get. Adi is one that they're not going to get. How tied right now. are they to those names as far as like the success 
coming in versus the success moving forward. Right, right, right. And no, just yeah, the yeah. Big picture. I think, and that's where the fact that they actually have a GM. <clears throat> pay attention, Bengals. Where that is going <laughs> to do well because Burning relinquished those GM duties. Which, Burning that was huge. Yeah, I mean, you got a dude that has no idea what he's doing, right. trying to put together a an MLS roster. Yeah, exactly. Why are you doing that? Like, yeah. go ahead, take your president position. Yeah, build the stadium, and do your fan relation BS. What's going on? Right, hire somebody, pick to, these players, and put the team together. So I think that I think the fact that Burning was the GM and tried to put this team together was the the biggest thing that set them off on the wrong foot. Yeah. I still think they would have been bad this year, but they wouldn't have been as bad as they were because they were. It was just garbage, hot garbage. Like the team had no identity. You were throwing out a different eleven every single night. They just felt like, eh, we'll just put out there whoever works, and we'll see what happens. Uh, now that they actually have a GM, and you're going to have some contract openings. Now we can see where that – and I think that's where, to your point, we start to see what the future looks like because now you're, you're going to have a draft, you're going to have some free agent signings, mm-hmm. and that's where we can start to kind of fill in some of these gaps where you don't have Jimmy McLaughlin who you brought along where it's like, hey, kid, come on, man. You're never going to play, <laughs> but you're going to take up a spot on this team. Right. Now you can actually get somebody who might perform on the team rather than you know this lame duck sitting on the bench. Yeah. And I love Jimmy. If you search for FC Cincinnati gifts – Jimmy McLaughlin shows up every single time because he did like funny <laughs> dances and he was just the fan favorite. And it's like, yeah, you were the fan favorite in the USL. You're a USL player. Go back to the USL. Yeah. But isn't that just Cincy? Fall in love with the fan favorite? <laughs> Todd Frazier. Good. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. That's what Cincinnati does. We love our fan favorites. But that's why I feel like Patty Barrett should have been the guy from the USL team that came up rather than the Jimmy McLaughlin because at least Patty Barrett could have performed. And instead he went to uh, – and I'm not just saying that because I'm related to him distantly. <laughs> Do that <laughs> soccer. <laughs> Do that soccer. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> All right. Let's switch gears then. Let's talk some, let's talk some UC football uh, since, right, yeah. you, since you guys clearly are more uh, – No, I mean I'm invested enough to know – I want to see them do off well. Off-season. <laughs> like it I, is off-season. But that's big news. The, the fact that Ledesma and McLaughlin likely aren't going to be on the sidelines for sure is big news. That's a big thing for Cincinnati. Also, Justin Hoyt is likely gone too, which that was one of those names that people were like, damn, you got Justin Hoyt. Oh, it's old Justin Hoyt. Okay, cool. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> no commentaries. Bam. Transition. UC up to number 21 in the rankings. Big win against UCF since the last time we've been on the air. Um, just killing it in the American League right now. They are, uh, I, I think they're near the top of the standings currently. I mean, that win against UCF was huge for them going forward. Uh, what do you think about UC? I mean, the American in general has a few teams in the top 25. Like, this is one of the few times, you, I, I'm pretty sure Temple's ranked at this point. Uh, UCF is hanging on there, and then UC is is in the contention as well. Um, you said there you go. Thank you, Joe, for pulling up the standings. Tied for first with Temple, five and one overall in the American East. So UC in prime position now. Um, coming up this week, we got Tulsa. Hmm, I'm okay with that one. Hey, UC is going to take that dub easily. Yeah, it's they're at the point in the season where it's they should win. The question is, right? do they cover that seventeen point spread against us? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that's that's what they'll be battling the rest of the way is covering spreads, right? Because I mean, the, well, I they think should they still be, have Temple on the schedule. That's going to be a big one towards the end of the season. It'll be, I mean, it'll be a big one. And Memphis, just, they should be still be able to like, they should still be favored in those games, and and on 
based on the way they've played, and in theory, they should be able to beat both of those teams. Well, and and uh, I mean, I guess Temple is tied with them currently, and so that's gonna if they do what they're supposed to do, because all right, Tulsa should beat Tulsa. Mm-hmm. They're they're a bottom feeder, in right? The you got ECU coming up, another bottom feeder in the league. Yukon uh, after that, another bottom feeder. So essentially, they should. Oh, UCF is is after that one, and UCF is eh, they're, they're middle of the road. Middle, yeah. So UCF will be the U, first. USF SF. Oh, what, what was I saying? You said UC. My we bad. already we already beat UCF. My bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. I'm thinking uh, my brain isn't. My mouth isn't working like my brain is. Anyways, USF, that'll be the no, first test. No, your mouth test. is working like your brain is. That's the problem. <laughs> it's too much of this brony beer, man. That's the problem. <laughs> uh, so th- they're not going to really be tested until they play Temple. And then you got Temple and Memphis back-to-back before an AAC championship game. Those are, That's a tough end of the season right there between those two teams. For sure, but when you're talking about having three or four weeks of just games where you're Pretty much favorite every week. Yeah. Eh, when you only have to get up Fine for tuning. two the rest of the way. <laughs> Fine tuning. Yeah. I mean, you're working out the kinks for four weeks. I mean, that's that's a pretty good spot to be in. All right. So you UC is currently five and one. So you got four games there that we're considering W's. They should go into the Temple, Temple game with one loss. So you're nine and one going into that game. Let's say they beat Temple, ten yeah. and one, beat Memphis, eleven and one, uh, and you win the AAC championship. You would probably what? Do they do they have a championship game? They do. Yeah, so yeah. then you'd probably go up against SMU. Yeah, SMU. Depending on it, and whatever happens in that one happens. But you're eleven and one going into an AAC championship game. Is Fickle sticking around? Because that's I mean the turnaround for this team has been phenomenal under Fickle. Well, and it's been kind of what you expected. I mean, like the progression, the natural progression yep. of if, if you drew it up, like, all right, here's how it's got to go for him as far as getting guys in and turning the team around. I mean, he's kind of done that. I, I still think there's one more year to be had as far as like, okay, it, it, it hurts them because of the conference that they're in. No fault of anybody's. There's just, it is the way it is. But, you know, with the coaches before, they had the benefit of playing better teams, and so they got into a position where they could be in those better bowls at the end of the year. Because of the conference, you got to do it one more year, I think, to where you'd be one loss or whatever going into the, the end of the season where it's like, okay, it's definitive that here's what, he's got to leave. Here's what I think is funny. Uh, like I, I still think he's going to come back for another year. I, I think like it depends could he leave? On, sure. It depends on which jobs open up. Right, I think because uh, looking at the the coaches' hot seats, according to CoachHotSeat.com, which is the coaches' Definitive. hot seat <laughs> place of coaches being on the hot seat. Like I would have put Willie Taggart higher. They've got him at number seven on the hot seat, but I feel like Willie Taggart is pretty much on the hot seat at Florida State. That's a job that if it opens I, up, I, I'm actually surprised he hasn't gotten fired. I'm already. surprised too. Uh, you know, they're, but, okay, they're really but worried about their. You say that, but. Florida State being who they are and what they want to be and all that. And, I mean, Luke Fickle being a little more – like, is that – that doesn't seem like a match to me. Mm, I, that doesn't – like, I'm not saying – like, Luke Fickle would want the job. I don't know that Florida State would want Luke Fickle because Florida State wants to go for somebody a little – although they hired Willie Taggart. So right. Then again, they hired Willie Taggart from <laughs> so then, Oregon. So it's maybe like, not. Oh, they, <laughs> I mean, maybe they do look for a proven, uh, you know, coach yeah. in, in somebody like Fickle. The one that's interesting to me – like Clay Hilton at USC has been on the hot seat forever, but I'm 
of the the tinfoil hat that Clay Hilton is going to get fired and Urban Meyer is going to end up at USC. So <laughs> Luke Fickle is not going to USC. But also on the hot seat, Chip Kelly at UCLA. How furious are UC fans going to be if Chip Kelly gets fired, Luke Fickle goes to UCLA. And they have both of the former A year UC after Mick Cronin goes to UCLA. I need that to happen now. <laughs> just, just for the humor factor. <laughs> that would be funny. Both just former UC UCLA becomes UC West. Like that's essentially That would what be pretty doing. funny. Uh, the other jobs that, that they're talking about, Hot Seat, uh, Arkansas, Illinois, Lovey Smith is on the hot seat apparently at Illinois. Uh, Joe Moorhead at Mississippi State. Meh. Uh, BYU. Those just don't gonna... seem like a match. Like Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee. Tennessee having a really terrible now year. That could be a match. That's a, a job that I could see a but UC I would, coach taking. The only, Wait well, a second. Yeah, I was, uh, I was like, <laughs> the only problem is does, you, or does Tennessee want to go that route again? Because the Butch Jones experience was not good for them. How do they have Kirby Smart on this list at number 10? What? Kirby Smart is on this list at number 10 at Georgia. Like We got to go somewhere for else for our coach's hot seat. That's, <laughs> that's cracking, dude. This is a terrible list now that I think lost, about it. Lost one game. What? No, yeah. That's <laughs> categorically insane. Which Will Muschamp apparently dropped because he's number 17. So that, that win over Kirby Smart just That one win. <laughs> I mean, Georgia fans are crazy, but not – that that's no, they're gonna have no to lose way. a couple more games. For I think that Tennessee job and the UCLA job are the two ones to look out for because I could yeah. see I could see Fickle going out west and and trying to turn around a UCLA program, especially because in a few years, I just feel like he's such a Midwest guy. Though. In a few years, he's going to be able to pay players. That's huge. Think about that. If the UCLA job opened right now and you could get in there with a five-year contract. You you want to be the first coach to have to deal with that? Or do you want to let other people be the cannon fodder? If I'm the coach that gets to sit in a kid's living room and be like, you can come play with me and I'm going to get you. You get paid while you play with me. That's huge. Of course I want to be the first one. Of course. There's no doubt about it in my mind. Why wouldn't you be the first one for that? Uh, I don't know. Cannon fodder. I mean, like I guess not- the only thing is like the NCAA will be like, you can't win a national yeah, championship like, here. <laughs> like, there's a bunch of things for, to where it could be like, eh. There's, I was gonna say there's <laughs> a lot enough, of things could go wrong. I was gonna say there's enough kinks that I, I think I'm with Joe where I, I wouldn't necessarily want to be the first because the first guy is gonna go in there and probably screw a bunch of things up. Okay, the whole but thing, the, the first guy thing. is gonna be USC. It's gonna be Urban Meyer at USC. He's gonna be the one that screws it all up. UCLA is gonna be like, hey, well, yeah, he's already got the blueprint from Ohio State, so. <laughs> You know Urban Meyer. And Florida. Uh, <laughs> and Utah. And Bowling Green. Yeah. <laughs> All of them. Urban Meyer, uh, mark it down. I think Urban Meyer is going to be the AD at USC because they just fired Lynn Swan. Uh, that's yeah. my prediction. And that's the only other thing he has. Just follows like a trestle type deal. Right. He goes AD, hires whoever he wants to be the coach, and then he can still have his hand in the whatever and screw over Notre Dame that way. Speaking of Notre Dame, Brian Kelly back in town this weekend for the UC Hall of Fame. 2009 team getting inducted into the Hall of Fame this weekend. How do you feel about the entire 2009 football team getting inducted into the Hall of Fame? Didn't they win the national championship that year? Oh, they did not. They, oh, wait. So not. what are they going in for? They, yeah, it seems uh, they lost weird. the bowl game oh, to Tim um, Tebow. <laughs> so what are they doing? They went undefeated in the regular season. They went undefeated in the regular season. 
And then Brian Kelly screwed it all up (laughs) by leaving. Um, I I still don't understand why UC fans hate Brian Kelly for what he did. Anybody else, if you're if you're at your job, your regular paying job, and you're being courted by some other company, are you going to walk in and tell your coworkers, "Hey, by the way, uh, I'm probably leaving on Friday. I'm out of here. They, I, I might get this job. I might leave." You don't do that because if it falls through, then you got to walk back in that door and be like, "Hey, guys, just, just kidding. kidding. I'm here. I'm I'm part of this team. I love you guys. Never so you doubt. Never, you never <laughs> tell them until it's." Finally official, and that's what happened with Brian Kelly. He did exactly what Thad Mata did. He did exactly uh, what Sean Miller did when he left. Both of those two, but okay. Okay, so you just proved the UC fan point. That's fair. <laughs> okay, that's a fair point. No, I mean, I don't agree with them, but I just, I, I do hate those two. That's all I want to say. I don't agree so with them. So you agree. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I don't, no, I don't no. agree with UC, <laughs> yes. but like the Xavier fans that think the same way, yes. I'm on board with. Yes, yes. yes I yes, had yes. this existential crisis where I was like, get over it, UC fans. He went to, you, you can't pay as much as Notre Dame. He's doing what's good for his family. And then I was like, oh. Sean Miller. Oh, that motto. Oh, I get it now. Okay, I won't be as emotional. I promise. <laughs> I just don't like the fact that they're inducting the entire team. I feel like there's guys that you could induct from that team. Uh, Marty Gilliard could be one that you could put in the Hall of Fame. Yes, I was going to say individual players, definitely, uh, on the right, team. But the entire team, for a team that didn't win the national championship, is a weird thing to me. I just don't understand the logic was behind it, it. Was that just before Isaiah Peed, or was I Isaiah Peed on that team? Because uh, Isaiah Peed would be one that I'd put in that hall before. That was before. That's before. Okay, I was gonna say because yeah, like, I knew like he was five way... years before. Was it five years? Was it that long? Like four years? Dude, I, mean, I am old now, where everything just blends together. It's no, just I know. Like, apparently, I am too. Because I thought Isaiah Peed was like on that team or like a year or so off of that team. Like I didn't think five years away from that team. That's crazy. I honestly, it might've been like two or three. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, that, but that's but for college football, that's like, that a is, lot. I mean, that is a lifetime. That is a, life yeah, that is a lifetime. In that's college like football. half of your recruiting. Yeah, right. Cycle. That's a, that's a big, uh, an entire class cool. away. <laughs> uh, Joe, well, Joe looks for who was on that 2019. Uh, let's talk. A little should we should we talk a little Xavier? I mean, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, I mean, it's, Musketeer Madness it's is Friday. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, Xavier basketball back officially now that it's Musketeer Madness. The team this year. Okay, so last year was rough. We can all agree as Xavier fans that was last a, year was going to be rough no matter what. Right, we knew that going in. Yep. I think everybody had this inflated idea, like, oh, Travis Steele comes from the same coaching tree, and Xavier just keeps replacing their coaches. Yeah, those people like should have been, you know, disappointed then because it was going to be even if even if Mac had stayed, the writing was on the wall as far as right. like how things just lined up. It was just set up to be one of those years as far as transition because there were so many really good guys going out. And then this kind of like lull with the guys that had come in. So, yeah. I mean, even if Mac was there, this was going to be like the type of year. In fact, I'd argue that we had the best possible year that we could have had either one of them coaching. Well, and they they improved throughout the year. Like you saw the team get better. Holy crap. Travis Kelsey. I forgot he was on that team. Um, Man. Now I knew Tony Pike was the quarterback. UC fans are going to eat us up for this one. Zach Colleros, too. 
uh, Steubenville's own Zach Colleros. Isaiah Isaiah Pete was on that team. <laughs> Soccer Joe. <laughs> also, yeah, don't try to correct me on on how to pronounce Zach Colleros because I hate that kid from the time he was in high school. He's a Steubenville kid. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> As a Mooney guy, I can't like that dude ever. So I refuse to pronounce his name however it's pronounced. Wait, was what's his name that retired today? Uh, Barwin? Barwin was on that team, wasn't he? Uh, that's a great question. Because he retired know. today. You know who did also retire? Brock Osweiler. He retired today. Where did he go? To? Arizona State? Was he oh. Arizona State guy? Yeah, but I mean, like, I'm just, just saying. in general. Oh, just you're just general. throwing out that in general? Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Brock Osweiler. The, Travis, Travis the $50 Steel, million really? dollar man. <laughs> Travis Steele really turned that team around throughout the year. Like, you can see them progress where it's like, Damn, they actually look like they're doing a little bit better now. Uh, I think the other key thing for Xavier going into this year is the fact that you had three guys test the NBA waters and come back. And that's going to be huge for this team going forward. I was looking at the roster the other day and I was like, okay, this is a very guard-heavy team. Like, you got Paul Scruggs on the team. You got Quentin Gooden. But, um, but that's the way the game is Gone, but has the like, college game gone that way? Yes, college game. I still feel like you need a big man. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, it, you're well ahead of the game if you have one, but there are so few that you just agree. load up on no, guards. I like, agree. And like I, that's what Villanova right. has done to like. I agree. Launch it's going, their thing. It's going sort of that NBA like, style of like. It was guard the same way with forward. with Butler. It's like, oh, they're super guard heavy. Like, right. There's so few guys that are big men to go into the sport because they all just are one and done or whatever. That if you have really good guards, then you're set. Well, and that's where I feel like Xavier is going to be good this year because they they are in a very good position. They have some decent guards coming back, and then you've got Kiki coming in. Kiki Tandy is the highly anticipated freshman that's going to be playing this year. But they do have that big man. Deontay Miles is a freshman who's six eleven, two oh eight. When I don't even remember the last time Xavier had a dude that was six eleven. Uh was Stan, I mean Stainbrook wasn't six eleven, was he? No. I'm sitting there I'm like, uh Will Cottle maybe? Like Will Cottle Maybe. was like in he that area, be, but even yeah. then he was—I think he was probably like six nine, like something right. like that. Like, six eleven is I'll a, just say, that's a tall dude. Xavier tends to get those guys who are like just slightly bigger than power forwards, but right, not right, quite centers. Right. Like they're they're tweeners, but that's that's all you need in college. <laughs> but they always get the super unathletic ones to where it's just like all they can do is just stand there and clog the lane. Right, right, right. yeah. <laughs> like they're can, not yeah. doing anything else. Sean O'Mara was. 610. Thank you, Joe. That's that's yeah, close. Th- that's what I'm saying. Like, there's a lot of guys that are right around that range, but uh, Hanky wasn't Hanky McSpanky no, wasn't. I mean, no, that no, dude no. wasn't even close, he wasn't sniffing 611. 611 is a big dude, man, for college, especially. But here's the crazy thing he's he's 611, and I want to say he's only like 200 pounds, Jesus so he's Christ. one of those like really uh, tall, skinny, no, Kenny yeah, okay, no, nah, well, you know, why the, you know why that doesn't count because for the entirety of Kenny Freeze's <laughs> tenure there, we all said the same thing seven foot, stand up. I was gonna say, he hunched over, he played six eight for four years, so Kenny didn't count, he was seven foot only on the the, the stat sheet. Kenny Freeze, do good, coach. Oh. <laughs> I, I did love watching Kenny Freeze. The only thing that sucked about Kenny Freeze was when he got... There was a lot of things that sucked about Kenny Freeze. Well, it was the, a constant disappointment. The worst was when he got punched in the face and did the Carlton crawl to the middle of the, the Cintas Center. Yeah, well. When Yancey Gates punched him in the face and he just Carlton crawled, no legs moving. Uh, all right. Well, anyways, 
I feel good about Xavier basketball this year. It should be a good year. Xavier or UC this year? Who's going to be the better team? Xavier. Mm. UC had their moment last year, but Xavier takes it back. Hot take. Hot take. Burp, 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 burp. I agree. I think Xavier would be a better team. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I, and I think Xavier. I, I well, legitimately thought that last year, going to last year, that UC was going to be honestly, the better team, and they should have been. And they were. Well, and honestly, UC now has to deal with a first-year head coach. So that's right. the other thing. You, you, they brought that dude up from NKU. We'll see how he does. Like you are now. Now UC has to go through those growing pains of trying to get everything to fit in with how uh, how the, but the they, new they, coach. They also goes. had quite a bit of turnover though, too, didn't they? Like they lost like of their big yeah. name guys. Like I thought, I thought they lost like two or three of them. So. Yeah, Cumberland is probably the dude, and the, and that's the one that uh, the the guys that pardon the punctuation were talking up, where they were like, he's going to be a better pro than uh, the the ball kid, and I'm like, oh. We'll see about Nobody that. Nobody listens to the senior year in college is going to be better than anybody. <laughs> let me tell you, if you're still there in your senior year in college, point. I can tell you flat out, you're not going to be a better pro than anybody. <laughs> period. Uh, but I, I, I am super pumped for Xavier basketball this year. <clears throat> it's the first time in a while that I've been pumped for Xavier basketball. No, nah, it's the first time at least in two years. Right, that's a while. <laughs> okay, all right, good talk. Uh, this has been. A super fun show, man. Yeah. Uh, we got through a lot. It's good good in to get back into minutes. it, man. I know it feels good. Uh, I'm gonna. So here's what I'm gonna do. Going into next week, I'm gonna talk to Zach Taylor. Uh, our game is tonight. <laughs> that's, that's just gonna be the weekly segment. Yeah. What did you was, talk about, with Zach Taylor? Was Zach? Ta- I'm going to be friends with him. That's did, my goal. Did is to be somebody friends with Zach recognize Taylor. Zach Taylor this week? Also, I came really close to trying to ask him to do the show, but then I realized that he didn't want people to know who he was. So I was like. I'll wait until screw. But then I was like, I was telling myself, I'm like, dude, go see Emma. Go talk to Emma. Go. Because I want, if they get to be friends, then I'm in, right? That's how I got to do it. Because then I get. Then then, you bring me and you're like, you already talked to this black dude. Right. What's up? (laughs) It's a natural progression. But it's it's all going to be, that's the kids. Because I can't, again, I can't talk about the Bengals being terrible. So I have to be like, hey, Jude and Emma seem to be really good friends. We should hang out sometime. You want to get a beer? And then I'm friends with Zach Taylor. Want to get a beer and be on my show? <laughs> this is more what well, I hope you do. Hey, hey want to be a beer and be my best friend? Do you want to get a beer <laughs> on, on the show? show. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so that's the goal is to get Zach Taylor on the show. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. It was a super fun time. Tell your friends. Uh, yes, be sure to uh, share out the show. Help us out. Subscribe, rate, review. We really appreciate it. Helps more than you know. Absolutely. You can follow the show in between uh, episodes at Craft B Sports. You can follow Scott at Scotty K underscore junior. Follow me at Mike Burlon. Follow Joe at Joe Goalie 4. If you guys have any hot Cincinnati takes that you want to drop on us, hit up the drunk line 440-37-DRUNK. You can leave a voicemail. You can text us. Whatever. We're happy to talk about it on the show. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Cheers, everybody. Peace.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.